Let's do this. Another edition of the Nate Taylor Show. Nate is still in Houston. I mean, after a game like that, Nate, I mean, you got to stay for an extra day just to kind of decompress from what you just saw. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Carrington. I mean, that's a great way to describe it because, you know, hey, they're 1-11-1. This will be a great game for my son to enjoy his first NFL game. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy uh, what happened, to, you know, yesterday. How was his first game? How did he enjoy it? Oh, he enjoyed it immensely. Um, he thought they were going to blow up the Texas, and he was wrong like most of us. Um, but no, he, he got, you know, I thought like, well, that he got everything you could ask for just because um, it's an overtime game, and, you know, for a lot of people in Kansas City, the Chiefs luckily left me for the victory. So, Nate, there's a lot of stuff to get into in today's or yesterday's game against the Houston Texans. This is what I'll let you know what we started our show with. There is something that feels off with the Chiefs, man. Like in 2019, when they won the Super Bowl, they kind of had it going by now, and they were really starting to turn the corner. That defense was humming. You knew that team could score. They started playing their best football the final month of the season. I keep waiting for the Chiefs to kind of turn that corner to kind of get that spark going. And as of now, it just feels like something is a little bit off with this team. No, it's, it's a great point. And I think a little bit is um, the coaching staff has not given the players, I believe, the best, you know, scheme or the best schematics um, in the late stretch, unlike 2019, you know, because obviously that team was trying to get into position to even win the two seed. Um, it's a little different this year. You know, they are in position to have the two seed right now. They will need Buffalo to stumble over the last three weeks, but, but you're right. I mean, whether it's Harrison Bucker, who is still dealing with his, you know, left ankle injury and not affecting his long distance accuracy, whether it's, you know, the defense that is a lot younger than it was in 2019. And I know people are more or less pleased with the rookies, but they're still rookies and they're still going to have like these ebbs and flows that are somewhat unpredictable because they're gaining experience as they're playing on. Um, you know, so the defense in back-to-back weeks, Carrington, which I think is probably most troubling, is they're committing penalties while also allowing the opponents to score a season-high in points. So that does not bode well if you know Buffalo's coming, if, you know, if you see the, you know, Cincinnati Bengals again. And on offense, um, it's just the fact that they cannot go a single game without turning the football over. Um, and I you know, when I asked Andrew Reed yesterday directly, um, I did find it interesting that his word that he described um, about their nine-game streak of having turnovers is ridiculous. So it's it's a fascinating season, in my opinion, because they can't make any game boring, whether it's the Bills or the Bengals, but also whether it's like the Broncos or the Texans. So um, this is not the same team as 2019, when they started to believe that, hey, we really are a championship caliber team, and now it's just a matter of doing it, you know, over the course of December, January, and early February, well, I feel like this team is sort of scratching and surviving while hoping, while praying that, you know, their kicker figures it out before the most important game starts or the rookies have it all together before, their most important game of their careers in the longest season that they've ever played as football players. And of course, you know, hoping that Patrick Mahomes just maintains this MVP caliber season. 
to where if all else fails, at least you have Mahomes late in the fourth quarter or in overtime to give you an edge. And that's why, Nate, two suggestions that I had, because, you know, today, you know, sports talk radios, people are like, hey, all I hear is complaining. What's your solution? <laughs> well, I would say there are two things that I want to see the Chiefs improve upon. I would say, number one, it's red zone defense. They're 31st in the league at red zone defense. Oh, oh. That's not good. You, 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 nope. you, you are not going to beat good teams if you're allowing them to get in the red zone and get seven as opposed to walking away with three. That's number one. And to the point that you made, turnover differential. This team has to do one of two things. You either have to start taking the football away more or you got to start to be or you have to start being better at protecting the football. You can't have both problems. And in these games that are close, they are one possession games. Those mistakes might not lose you the game against Houston, but that is what lost you the game against Cincinnati. That is what right. lost you the game against Buffalo. And ultimately, that's mm-hmm. all that matters with this team now. Exactly. Especially when you know like, you know, I think Buffalo has its own issues, right? They will have a lot of pressure going into the postseason because I believe that this is probably their best window in the Josh Allen era. And obviously their offense has been limited because he's been compromised a bit because of his elbow injury. Um, For Cincinnati, like I feel like that team um, can score 30, but they're still trying to figure out how to be balanced, how to be efficient, how to just, you know, put 60 minutes together on their own. Um, so there is a chance for the Chiefs to still get to the Super Bowl. I, I want to make that very clear for our listeners. But you're right, Carrington. The thing that drives me absolutely bonkers is Andrew's been coaching NFL teams for 24 years. Obviously, he knows what it takes to win and lose. Um, in this sport, the idea that you have the most talented quarterback, yet you cannot stop turning the ball over, is really, I think, the thing that they have to change. I'm not sure... And to your point, look, if you're 31st in Rezo defense, guys, um, when you include the scrambling ability of Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, the idea that, like, I don't know, Tua Tungvaloa has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in the red zone, like, I don't – like, the Chiefs defense, um, you, you should shake all their hands if they force anybody to kick a field goal, which guess what? They did in the fourth quarter against the Houston Texans. Hey, they've been running this two-quarterback system all game. Shout-out to Leo Chanel. He made a big play, probably his biggest of the last month, where he had a tackle for loss, and they held them to a field goal. I can't expect them to do that against anybody who's in the actual AFC playoffs, Carrington. So the only thing that we have to turn our attention to is if Mahomes is this excellent, if he is this locked in on not turning the football over himself of – minimizing dangerous throws of completing 19 straight passes to end the game, then Juju Smith-Schuster, hey, I know you've been taking a lot of big hits in the middle of the field. It's honorable. It shows your toughness. It shows the element that this offense obviously needs. But you can't fumble the football. Even if you get rocked, um, you know, going across the middle or towards the middle of the field. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, this is the challenge with relying on rookies you just don't know what you're going to get so he runs hard after he fumbles the football but you can't fumble the football and lose it and give the Texans or any team of contending qualities the ability to have the football in the red zone when again as you mentioned before the Chiefs defense one of the worst red zone defenses in the league so moving forward I just think they have to limit the turnovers and to your point they got to win the turnover margin. I don't care if it's against the Los Angeles Chargers in a 
third chapter for this season. You give Justin Herbert a chance with a healthier Mike Williams and a healthier Keenan Allen, they will make you pay. And the reason they beat the Chargers in the first matchup this season is because they got the one turnover in the game that proved to be the difference maker. So I can't trust the Chiefs defense in the red zone, but you have to trust the better unit, which is the offense protecting the football. When, when they do that, Carrington, they are one of the most explosive units in the NFL. One reason that I'm still holding out a lot of hope for this team is I saw the way that they improved the run game. You and I talked a lot about it the middle part of the season. This team, to me, didn't really have an identity running the football. I think they found it. They found it in probably about a month. I think they simplified the game a lot, and they really started to highlight Pacheco. They have found great use of Jarek McKinnon. So I don't want to make it seem like improvement over the course of the season is impossible. I think they need to take one of those big steps in one of those areas that we're talking about. You don't have to Mm -hmm. be first in red zone defense. Get to like 19th in red zone defense. That's a a big jump in red zone defense going from 31st to 19th. Get better at turnover margin where in the playoffs, you're just zero. You know, you don't turn the ball over. You don't turn it over or just be even at turnover differential. So what they did to the run game and the fix that they were able to find on the flow uh, on, on the fly gives me the mm-hmm. hope and confidence that they can do something like that similar on another aspect of the team and show improvement. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, Carrington. Oh, cause this, this, this is kind of like where I was yesterday in the press box. Um, who, who caught the first touchdown pass that LeJarrius C gave up? I was like, I have never heard of this tight end. Do you know the tight end's name? I don't have it. Let me pull up the, the box score right, right here real quickly, and I can get you the name. <laughs> it's important you do that because LeJarrius Need is one of the Chiefs' best defenders, and I was like, he got cooked on, like, an option route by a tight end. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, I can't trust him, Carrington. I don't think Kansas City should trust them. Maybe if it's a home game and the crowd gets involved, and, like, Chris Jones, who, you know, I, I shouldn't mention, Chris Jones had an illness on Friday. Clearly that carryovered into yesterday's game. He played lesser than his usual snaps, but he was still impactful because he was still drawing double teams for guys like Frank Clark and Mike Dana and George Karloftis to make impactful plays at times in the game. But in the red zone, Carrington, I mean, my goodness, uh you know, Jordan Atkins, I know him. I've heard of him. Willie Gay gives him a touchdown to Jordan Atkins. That's fine. Like, I, okay, that's the NFL player. I ain't never heard of the dude who scored the first touchdown in the game because he was on the practice squad earlier this season. So I know you're going to announce who that is momentarily, but that's kind of to my point. Like, I don't trust him to really get from 31st to 19th by the postseason, which leads me to believe that, like, to your point, hey, if Pacheco doesn't fumble the football, runs hard, you got McKinnon. By the way, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is eligible to return from his uh, his own ankle injury. Um, we did not talk to injury today because they are obviously getting ready for Seattle on Saturday, so we'll talk to injury tomorrow. But injury is going to ease him back in. And when I mean he's going to ease him back in, I mean he's not going to play on Saturday. So... They have the two running back system in place. They have improved that. That is an actual formidable option that teams have to prepare for and counterattack. In terms of the turnovers, it's just about protecting the football at all costs because the moment you give away possession, you are exposing a defense that we, I think, both agree 
it's hard to trust at this point because, you know, you don't have a playmaker like Tyron Matthew at his prime in the back end. And also, there are just too many rookies on the field that you can sort of pinpoint a matchup for, whether it's Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, George Karloftis, or Leo Chanel. Um, it's, it's a tough thing. So if, if the veteran better players like LeJarrius Sneed are giving up touchdowns to God knows who, I don't know if I can trust them against Hayden Hurst or, or Dawson Knox in a postseason game, or even Everett from, from the Los Angeles Chargers. He was talented, although he's very un- inconsistent um, moving forward. So, again, you didn't know who it was yesterday, Carrington? I don't know who it was. Who, who called the first touchdown pass for the Houston Texans? His name is Tegan Quinton mm. Toriano. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm. Yep. That's not it? great. Is that how you pronounce his name? Qu- Qu- that's, Quintariano? That's, uh, hey, you're, you're, a professional, you're, you're, you're a professional broadcaster more than I am. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, will, we will take your word. Um, you know, shout out to Kevin Harlan. I'm sure he got it right on the CBS broadcast. But, yeah, like, this is, a, this is an issue. So, um, you know, I think you can trust Jeremy McKinnon with the football. Obviously, Isaiah Pacheco has to learn as the season moves along. But one of the crazy things that I think gets lost, and I know we're probably going to talk about it later, is just that Patrick Mahomes was excellent. Hey, I, I threw three interceptions last week. Not going to do that this day. I don't even care if it's a Houston, Texas, and a defense that, by and large, is pretty bad statistically, no matter what metric you look at. Um, but the idea that he was like, I'm going to take the deep shots when they're there, and it's not going to be my fault that they're not completed because Justin Watson dropped the ball. But also, if they, want to, if they want me to matriculate the ball down the field, if they want me to take these six, seven-yard completions, that is perfectly fine with me. And when I get in the red zone, I'll, I'll make them pay uh, because that is a replicable performance that can be applied to postseason play. Um, if Frank Clark doesn't get that strip sack fumble, or at least he doesn't chase down Davis Mills, the Chiefs lose. Carrington, they lose tomorrow. They they lose yesterday, um, and so how long can you rely on a on a type of play with an inexperienced quarterback versus obviously higher caliber players as a position? I don't know how much you can sort of rely on that, um, but I gotta believe that Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Patrick Mahomes are gonna try to help the other skill position players on offense. Just say that. We can't go to the Super Bowl if we turn the ball over twice in a postseason game. You just can't. Nate, I want to go back to something you said about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I understand that the Chiefs normally ease guys back into the lineup, but I don't know how you can watch their run game these last couple of weeks and then be trying to include another person into the mix. You finally figured it out. I feel bad for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm sorry that he got his job taken, but – this is the best the Chiefs' run game has been in three years. I mean, they've got a good yeah. balance right now in using McKinnon in the screen game, and this is the most dangerous their screen game has been since Jamal Charles. And now with Isaiah Pacheco in that thunder and lightning combination, I don't know why you would do anything here over the next month to, to, to throw off that timing. They got it down right. Right. And the offensive line, to your point, Carrington, has real chemistry. Um, they sort of figured out, hey, if it's McKinnon on the play, here's how we sort of block some of these stretch zone reads for him, these these option plays off the edge. 
Um, if it's Pacheco and it's more of a downhill running style, which is Eric Bieniemy mentioned last week, the the I think that really relies on you know Creed Humphrey the center and and right guard Trey Smith sort of using that power to sort of get an advantage. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but this is the business of the NFL and and similar to 2019 because it does make me think about this in some type of comparison is the idea that like they acquire LaShawn McCoy before the start of that season. And LaShawn McCoy was going to be like, hey, one of the guys who was going to like help the team get over the hump. And then, of course, he had the fumble issues. And then it became very clear that like Damian Williams was like the better player. And I just want to remind people that LaShawn McCoy did not dress for the Super Bowl. Like his last game as a chief was him on the sidelines in like chief attire, not shoulder pads, uniform, helmet. So what that leads me to believe is unless something happens that we cannot foresee between now and the postseason starting in about a month, there's no reason to believe that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be a factor. He might not be even in uniform, Carrington, because Ronald Jones, when he's been given the ball on a limited basis, has actually kind of been pretty productive based on yards per touch. So if he's three to four right now and he doesn't help you on special teams, which is something McKinnon is willing to do and has done over the course of the season, obviously Pacheco is the primary kickoff returner, then it might just be a case where based on poor timing and injury history that has been with him since his career began, um, Clyde Rosalaire is not going to be a major factor for this offense, and there's no reason to thrust him back into the lineup because Pacheco has been the most consistent runner of the football this season for the team, and Clyde Rosalaire, for as skilled and as great as he was as a receiving back in college at LSU, it is just not translated over to the pro game. And so now you have to rely on a nine-year veteran who is great in pass protection, who's great in the screen game, who's the running back that Patrick Mahomes relies the tr- and relies and trusts the most in third-down situations to protect him and to maybe you know get additional yards after the catch. Um, there's no room for Clyde Edwards-Alaire right now, and it's 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 extremely unfortunate. Um, but similar to Damian Williams having the best stretch of his career in that postseason run in 2019, maybe that happens for Jarek McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco. And the guy that you thought was going to be more of a factor, whether that be LaShawn McCoy or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, is mostly standing on the sidelines, not in uniform, more or less in support of his teammates, trying to do the best of what he can at the moment versus not having the opportunity to actually make an impact on the game. I want to get to this before we let you go, man. I know you're still in Houston about to start traveling back home. Did you see the, I don't know if back and forth is maybe the correct way of putting it between Tommy Townsend and Dustin. Oh yes. Oh yes. So Nate, this is my thing. And we'll talk about the actual, like on the field part. Okay. I just wish that Dustin had done this privately. Like this is a conversation to me. Like you clearly have Tommy Townsend's number and know how to get a hold of him. You're like, a, <laughs> you, you're an OG. You're an elder statesman. Right. If right. something is going wrong, dog. why are you having this conversation on social media and on the radio? Why not talk to Tommy Townsend directly? And if you're noticing something he could be doing to help the Chiefs win, why are you having this conversation publicly? I'm going to break this down as simple as I can, Carrington. I love that you brought this up because I wrote today in The Athletic 
um, mostly on Harrison Bucker's, Harrison Bucker's struggles. As the playoffs loom, you know, one of the best weapons they had on this team that I think people take for granted just because he was so consistent and so good is the fact that, like, oh, it's a 50-yard field goal in January in the cold. That's cool. Bucker's going to make it. And by and large, he made those kicks. He's 15 for 18 in postseason field goal attempts, which is one of the most outstanding statistical performances you can have over a five-year stretch in the postseason. And I think people forget he missed his first postseason kick in the postseason loss to the Tennessee Titans in 2017. With that all said, Carrington, couple things. Yes, we know for a fact that Dustin Colquitt has Tommy Townsend's number. We know for a fact that Tommy Townsend talked to Dustin Colquitt before the 2020 season when he was a rookie coming into the league as an undrafted free agent who was going to obviously replace pretty much a chief legend in terms of punting in the history of the organization. So you know they've talked about this. You know that they've conversated several times. Part of this is this is just another reason for why people can criticize Dave Toe publicly and can say, yo, is he lost it? Because this is yet another reason why the special team unit has struggled. If you listen to Dustin Colquitt, and I know you, he was on the radio earlier today, I tend to agree with him. Like, this is year three for Tommy Townsend. You've got to get this holding right, especially with a guy where half of his performance is mentally based. Every kicker will tell you, i got to be right mentally before I go out onto the field and do one of the most pressured jobs in the NFL, despite never getting hit. It's more mental than physical for kickers. With that said, okay, now – we got to get this technically right. This is up to Dave Toe and Harrison Bucker, Kelly Thomas, you know, whether it's more reps with James Winchester, the long snapper, whatever it is. This is a situation that's been known. And in the Andy Reid era, it is rare, ladies and gentlemen, for a former player to basically tell you publicly, we've had these conversations. He's averaged at best at holding, and this is part of the reason in addition to Harrison Bucker's own ankle injury in the opening game against the Arizona Cardinals on that you know very soft turf at State Farm Stadium, this is the other reason why he's messing up because he doesn't have the trust of the holder and the holder's placing the ball or the laces in various spots so that he can't feel that consistent trust as when the ball's down, I kick it at this spot, it has this end result. Power's never been Harrison Bucker's issue. It's It's been accuracy this season. And any kicker and punter will tell you that, like, accuracy is pinpoint. you got to be meticulous in the details of understanding how to hold, have it in place, and have it at the right tempo and the right time for the kicker to feel most at his best to execute the kick no matter what the distance is. Obviously, the further you go back, the more pristine and polished you have to be at all those things. So – they talked. He's clearly talked to Dave Tobe. Dave Tobe will probably tell Dustin Coca, hey, man, can you not do that? But at the same time, Dustin Coca understands, hey, man, we've publicly, you know, if I have to publicly criticize you, it's because I've already done it in close house. It's because we've already had these conversations. And I'm protecting my former teammate who's getting publicly pummeled because he missed a 51-yard kick that could have won the game but when I look at you, snap and hold time after time, I see inconsistency, which leads the kicker 
to have its own mental sort of baggage as he's coming to that game-like situation. It's utterly fascinating. I know it's not, you know, sacking the quarterback or obviously talking about Patrick Mahomes and his excellent player, why the coaching staff does this versus that. But, man, every kick now has its own sort of drama to it because Dustin Colquitt is basically trying to tell every Chiefs fan that that is willing to listen it's not all on Harrison Bucker. Actually, Tommy Townsend is a part of this. And if you read between Twitter or if you hear it on the radio, guys, I was a better punter than this man probably ever will be, which might affect the future of, I don't know, one of the best kickers in NFL history before the season began. Last thing here, and I'll get you out of here, Nate. You and I both know this situation is going to happen. The Chiefs are going to need to kick a 47-yard field goal at some time in the playoffs. Do you trust their kicker to make it? Now, I'm not saying this is a clock is expiring. You and I both know that critical field goal can happen in a lot of different situations. Correct. But we know it's going to be a over 40-yard field goal. Do you trust their kicker to make it? Based on everything I've heard, based on everything I've learned over the last couple of days, Carrington, no. And here's the reason why statistically, um, because, hey, it gets harder to kick a football accurately in negative degrees or freezing temperatures, obviously 32 or below. It gets harder, guys. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Half of Aaron Rodgers' postseason losses have been accompanied by uh, special teams blunders in Lambeau Field. So it's hard. Let's just acknowledge that. No, I, I can't trust Harrison Bucker until proven otherwise because statistically, what the statistics show this year is he is great from 39 yards and in, which I know is only six more yards than an extra point. And I know he missed an extra point yesterday, mostly because Dustin Colquitt wanted to point out publicly that Tommy Townsend didn't get the hold and spin the laces away from Bucker's right foot before contact. But you have to go with the statistics, and we have two recent sample size to pull from in Cincinnati. He had a 55 yard kick. Now we both agree, Carrington, they probably should have just left the offense out on the field for the fourth and seven, mm-hmm. because even if he makes the kick, the Bengals are getting the ball back with a couple of minutes left. Even with all that said, it's a 55 yard kick. He misses it wide, right? Yesterday, 51 yard kick. He misses it wide, right? You're telling me this is from 47 yards. No, I can't trust him because this has been the most complicated year of of Bucker's career, and we know he's not fully healthy, and we know the game is starting to play with his own mind. So to remove that away from the equation and to know, again, you have the most talented thrower of the football. It could be fourth and 20, Carrington. And right now I might trust Patrick Mahomes more in that situation that I do Harrison Bucker in the situation you just gave me, which is 47 yards, got to have it in the postseason, whether it's the second quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter, or potentially in overtime. Statistically, he needs to be from 40 yards and in. 39 and in, he's been excellent this season. Once he gets past, once he gets to 40 and out, he's been very shaky at best. He's been about 50%, so it's a 50-50 call. But if you have the most talented quarterback in the league and you have a chance to convert and maybe get seven, or six instead of three, instead of settling for that 47-yarder, everybody in Arrowhead Stadium, if the game is played there, should tell Andy Reid, don't you put that man out there. 
Don't you put that man out there when we know everybody's business with him, his injury, Tommy Townsend's inconsistencies as a holder, and the fact that, I don't know, in the 55-yarder in Cincinnati, James Winchester had his worst snap of the season. The ball hit the turf. But thankfully, Tommy Townsend actually put the ball where it was supposed to be. And then guess what? Harrison Bucker still missed it wide right. So, no. The answer is no. Uh, I hope that all makes sense. But they have Patrick Mahomes. This ain't Steve Bono. This ain't Elvis Gerback. This ain't even Trent Green, y'all. He should win the MVP. He has thrown the most touchdown passes in the league. Trust Patrick Mahomes more than a 47-yard attempt, no matter what the circumstances are. That is our guy, Nate Taylor. He is still in Houston, so you know what? We're going to let you go. Go get some Papados. <laughs> go buy you a yeah, screw man. tape. And come back. We yeah, appreciate we you, well, Nate. Man. Yeah, anytime, Karen. Thank you so much, sir. Absolutely, man. I'll see you later on in the week. That is our guy, yeah. Nate Taylor, joining us today on the Nate Taylor Show. Dusty up next. Take care of yourself.